0: Welcome back to Leanna and Callie's weekly podcast. This week we are going to be discussing the Lindenburg kidnapping. This kidnapping is very
1: popular as it
0: was called the crime of the century.
1: That's right, and it also is a tragic case. Charles Lindbergh was stolen from his crib on March 1st, 1932. He was just 20 months old at the time. Hours prior to him being stolen, his nurse, Betty Gow, had arrived at the house to help care for the baby as he was suffering from a serious cold. Betty Gow and Mrs. Lindbergh started getting Charles Lindbergh Jr. ready for bed at 6 p.m. They dressed him in a handmade flannel shirt, a store-bought shirt, and a one-piece sleeping suit. Mrs. Lindbergh closed two of the baby's room, but left the third one open because it would not close all the way. Charles was fast asleep in his crib by 8 p.m., and Betty Gow discovered Charles Lindbergh Jr. missing that night at 10 p.m. When she went to go check on him, and then uh, Mr. and Mrs. Lindbergh had heard a noise that made them think something had fallen in the kitchen prior to him being found missing.
0: Wow, that's crazy. I wonder why they didn't go check on him when they heard something fall in the kitchen. Maybe that would have prevented something. Also, it is dangerous that they had to leave a window open. I would never do that if I was taking care of a baby. As the investigation went on, many people tried to help find the baby. One of those people was John F. Cotton. He served as a go between for Mr. Lindenberg and the kidnapper. On March 11, 1932, Conan received a notification from the kidnappers that they were ready for the money. The next day, Conan received another letter telling him to go to the Woodlawn Cemetery. Even though the money was not ready, Conan still went to meet with the criminal. As they sat on the park bench with the criminal, he kept it, but told Conan his name was John. They both agreed to communicate through the newspaper. Saturday, April 2nd, 1932, Conan and John met for a second time at St. Raymond's Cemetery to exchange the money for the baby. Before they handed over the money, the Lindenbergs had recorded the serial numbers on all the certificates. At 9.29 p.m., Conan gave John the money, and John gave Conan a note telling him where to find the baby. The note explained that the baby was aboard a boat called the Nellie. The boat was apparently between Horseneck Beach and Gay Head near Elizabeth Island. The boat Nellie was never found.
1: Yes. so this case involves having to look at a question document called a ransom note. A ransom note is a letter sent by a kidnapper demanding a ransom for the return of a hostage and typically threatens to harm to the hostage if the ransom is not paid. This case is really important to study when looking at question documents because ransom notes were being found and passed. That is why Condon had to meet John and give him money. Ransom notes have to be carefully examined to find evidence about a suspicious document. We will talk more about these notes when we discuss evidence found. Yes, it is
0: very important to look at the ransom notes. Now let's take a look at some evidence. This case provides good important evidence. When the police arrived, they discovered no fingerprints had been left. The police did find an envelope sitting on the radiator. Beneath the window on the chest were smudges of mud. Outside the window of the nursery was a broken handmade ladder. A carpenter's chisel used to pry open the shutters and sheet prints. On May 12, 1932, a decomposed posing body was discovered just outside of Hopewell, Colorado. Lindenberg and Betty Gow identified the body as the baby. Betty Gow recognized the fabric still attached to the body as the fabric she used to make the flannel shirt the night of kidnapping. An autopsy report concluded that the baby died due to a fracture of the skull caused by external violence. Now back to talking about the ransom notes. The only thing that would lead the police and the Lindenbergs to finding the kidnapper was the ransom notes. In total, there had been 13 notes sent throughout the time period of the search for the kidnapper. The ransom notes were all signed with a special symbol. The symbol had two interlocking circles, and the oval where the circles met was a red mark the size of a nickel. Traces of the ransom money started popping up in various places. The money trial leads the investigation to Richard hupteman the police found almost all of the ransom money hidden throughout his property written on a door in hupteman's house they found condon's address and phone number in hupteman's attic there was a missing piece of wood in his floorboard that matched the different piece of wood in the homemade ladder found at the crime scene handwriting on the ransom notes matched samples of hupteman's handwriting Ladder and Marks were leading up to the baby's room. No crying or noises were heard either.
1: It seems like there was a good amount of evidence near the window and in the baby's room. That is important because it shows that someone kidnapped the baby. The ladder evidence and the carpenter's chisel used to pry open the shutters shows that someone wanted to get the baby. I believe that it is strong evidence because, uh, especially since in Hobson's attic, There was a missing piece of wood in his floorboard that matched a different piece of wood in the homemade ladder. I think it is strange that no crying was heard. When looking at the ransom note, investigators had to look for fingerprints and clues to try to find out who and where the kidnappers are. Handwriting is also a key factor in questioned documents because it can show who wrote the notes. Handwriting experts see if there's a match and one little piece of evidence from handwriting may be what convicts someone. Handwriting is hard to examine because you can forge, change, and make up handwriting. But most people have a certain pattern that they repeat while writing. It is also important to try to determine the meanings of the symbols.
0: Yeah, while it may be a challenging form of evidence to find, I believe that it is significant. Now let's discuss the outcome of this case. On January 2nd, 1935, Hauptmann's trial began. Albert S. Osborne testified that Hoftman's handwriting matched the handwriting of the ransom note. A wood expert showed the jury a piece of the ladder left at the Lindenburg estate that matched a piece of wood missing from Hoftman's attic. On February 13, 1935, Richard Hoftman was pronounced guilty and eventually executed on April 3, 1936. Hoftman's execution ended as one of the most sensationalized kidnappings and trials of the century. It also changed the way our government handled kidnappings by leading to the creation of the Lindenbury Law. This made it a federal felony to kidnap across the state line. I think this law is what made this case famous. I agree with the law. Kidnapping is a very scary thing for a family to have to face, and it is not right at all. It should also be a felony. And I don't think it should just be a felony if you go across the state line. I believe it should be a felony at all times. Callie, what is your opinion about this law?
1: My opinion is that if someone is kidnapped, you should automatically be put on trial for a felony.
0: I agree. Well, I believe that we have concluded our weekly podcast this week about the Lindenberg kidnapping. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye, and thanks for tuning in.